Pip Pip, and welcome to the latest AFTN post-game podcast. With a special round table this week, we're joined by my usual co-host, Steve Pander. Hello, everybody. Benjamin Massey. Hello. And Andrew Bates. Good evening. And I'm your host, Michael McCall. Now, as you know, we got a new theme song this week, and I thought it's going to be maybe nice to have a theme song for all the guests here. So, Ben, I have this one for you. Now, that, dancing doesn't go too well on an audio-only podcast. No, that's nothing to do with your weight. That's just something to <laughs> to do dancing? with your... <laughs> just me. <laughs> no, that's nothing to do with your weight. That's just got something to do with your podcast, which, of course, is Two Fat Bastards, and you're cheating on Brenton by being here with us today. Well, as you know, Brenton is busy trying to take over British Columbia, so I need to get the podcasting out of me somehow. Well, that's good. And you're in quite a good mood after today's game. Woo! <laughs> Now, Steve, Steve Pander, um, this is the theme tune we have for you. Where'd you get that from? <laughs> Sexy Panda. Oh, Panda. Okay, okay, okay. I'll take it. Good, I thought you'd like That's that. It. Now, I find that, you see, where did I get that from? I was just doing random searches on YouTube. And doing a random search on YouTube got me your theme song, Andrew. Oh, no! I would have called him the best. This is quite classic, and you actually need to search this on YouTube because there is a picture that goes along with this as well. Yes, it's, it's, it's a wonderful picture. Just, just put into YouTube Andrew Bates. I wrote a column about soccer. <laughs> And you get that. Would you like to explain what that was about? Um, it is, I, I kind of described it as like a fever dream. Like if I fell into a coma while wandering through the desert, that's probably what I would think about. Uh, a colleague of mine made that and I, he was kind of lurking around with the microphone for about two weeks before that happened. And he just shows <laughs> up and he's like, I made you, I made you a present. And I'm like, what is it going to be? And there's there's all kinds of things. There's all kinds of things in there. There is a there's a jazz cut in that song. Yep, I, I didn't, <laughs> didn't use any of that. That kind of sounds a little. The, guy, the fact that he's following you about that sounds a little bit stalkerish. Now he's my roommate, so well, that's not works so, out. I mean, Talking of stalkers, Russell Tiber is known not to have a stalker, but to have a very very big fan, which is yourself, Ben. Thank you for ducking the libel charge there. By yeah, the way. I, I did very well. How did you feel about your boy today? I was, in a word, elated. In two words, extremely elated. Uh, how, how long have I just been waiting for him to have the opportunity on the right where he can curl it to his, right, to his left foot and let it go? And it happened twice in one game against the friggin' Galaxy at home before a sold-out crowd. Now I can die in peace. I think it was really special for Russell as well. His, his mum, his dad, and his sister were here watching it. And he was very excited after the game. And here's what he had to say about the whole day and the whole goals. Russell, a great uh, win and a great performance from you tonight. Yeah, I think uh, the team performed very well. And I think we deserved this, uh, this, this performance. And I think we, we owed it to our, our club and our fans. How does it feel to pot uh, two goals? It feels great. You know, uh, I was overwhelmed to score the first goal, and then uh, the second one came, and, you know, it's, it's uh, the feeling's extraordinary. 
Who did you run to hug after that first one? <laughs> it was uh, Robo and Richie. I mean, they've been helping me uh, all year long, and I mean, even last year, they've uh, they've always given me confidence, and I think uh, I owe it definitely owe something to them. Was that you pointing to your well? Yeah, yeah. My mom, dad, and my sister uh, were here for uh, for this match, so you know, I was definitely pointing at them. How special is it to get your first professional goals in front of them? It's huge. I mean, they've uh, they've supported my dream to become a professional athlete, a professional soccer player since I was young. So, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a little gift for them. But you weren't obviously in the starting lineup. How did you feel about that? And do you feel you've now made a point that you do deserve to to have a start every week? Yeah, I think. Uh, I want to be ready whenever the coach calls on me to play, and uh, unfortunately, Daigo came off with an injury. But you know, whenever I get a chance to step on the field, I'm going to take that chance and you know look to make an impact impact on the match whenever I can. It's been a tough few weeks in terms of results for you guys. Do you see this game as a turning point, uh, especially you know beating LA and just getting your first win in the game? Yeah, beating LA was definitely something we wanted to do uh, for our fans and for this club. You know, I think we have a big week coming up, and this could be a, this could be a turning point for our season. Russell, what, what went through your mind when you saw that first goal go in, that first ball? What was your first thought? I don't know. It's a blur. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I was just I was overwhelmed. That's were, you all I have, were you able to have some thoughts after the second one? <laughs> I don't think I had any thoughts after that one. It was just a blur. I mean, uh, I hadn't scored an MLS goal before, and uh, it was something else. So is it bigger to get the first one or to get two? I'll take them both. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're both goals. So that was Russell Tybert, uh, obviously, you know, excited and elated with, you know, answering all the questions and everything from the media. Now, even before he scored those two goals, he seemed to be brooding with confidence. Uh, I made a note of that before I showed it to Michael. The way he was on the ball and everything like that, did you guys notice that even before he scored, like, you know, what he was doing with, you know, on the pitch and everything, Ben? Well... I've never found Russell to be a player who lacks in confidence at any time. So I definitely agree that he was trying to influence the play. I don't think that was anything out of the ordinary for him. What was out of the ordinary was that he was in a position where he'd be more likely to shoot than pass. Yeah, so so essentially the the confidence was there. What, what do you think, Andrew? Like where 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 did he like where did he come out I to think the I'm, best day? I'm really uh, I'm I'm really interested in the fact that. Uh, he knew it was going to be such a big game for himself. He didn't. He didn't start, but he kept. And uh, especially as we talk with what happened last week about softness or the way you respond to adversity, when this, uh, when the unfortunate in- injury to Daigo happened, he was ready to go. He he had uh, kept running with the starters for longer than any of the other subs, and he was ready to go when he came on. He was clearly ready to do the job that he did. I'd like to share a great comment, if I may, from the Southsiders board from Peter Zimmerman. Fire Rennie. How come he started Kobayashi over Tiber? <laughs> I I agreed with that because when, when I saw the lineup, I thought it was a horrible lineup. It, I'm not sure what Tiber did to deserve to get dropped, and I was quite pleased to see Kobayashi injured. I know you don't want to see one of your own guys really injured, but I felt it was the best thing that happened well, to the Whitecaps. It, was, it wasn't really Kobayashi pregame. We were all well, talking about Davidson. Why was Davidson on the pitch instead of Tiber? But I guess that was a tactical move. What did you think of that, putting t- Davidson on there? It worked out. I thought Davidson had a heck of a game. I thought he did extremely well. He actually made a pass forward, too. From he made several forward. passes forward. <laughs> he, had a couple, he had a couple great tackles. He won yeah. the ball a few times. He didn't have any of the lapses with players getting by him yeah. that we see from Davidson sometimes. I had him as you know the third strongest player on the team, which isn't bad, considering. Now, it was also a little bit different 
different too because he was more um, like in the past he's he's gone off to the wing to cover for the fullbacks. Now this time he played more centrally. O'Brien kind of slid over instead. Uh, I think that was probably more effective too. Michael, you noticed that on there. Yeah, O'Brien was definitely covering more at the right. I think at the start of the season, first two games, YP Lee was kind of almost playing as a right winger. And he was making those runs and going really deep up the right. And I think that's what the Whitecaps missed. And I think that was what Rennie was trying to trying to get back in this game. And allowing O'Brien to cover and then having Davis and Moore in the middle or, or covering the left. I did think Alan Rashad had another poor game though today. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. He, he didn't seem to, you know, want to go forward at all. Maybe, maybe this is a tactical switch. Maybe he's not planning on going forward. Andrew, what do you think of that, Alan Rashad's? I don't know. For the about forty minutes when it looked like we might have another centre back injured again, when uh, Andy O'Brien was down a lot, I was really surprised that they didn't do anything to move Rashad into the middle because I believe he's done that before. And when you had all those defensive substitutions, never did that kind of come up. Do you think that indicates a lack of confidence in Rochat at this point? Well, with the defensive substitutions, bear in mind that the last one is Rio Coker signaling that you want to come off. So the hand was forced there. Even even Camilo looked like strained or something like that when he came off. So that might have been an injury thing too. Yeah, Camilo always looks strained in the second half. <laughs> Seriously, the guy hasn't is not a ninety minute player. No. Uh, let's go from Tybert to also the other goal scorer, Maddox, who finally got off the Schneider and scored his goal. Now, before he scored, there was a lot of discussion up in the, like, between the three of us about his positioning. Uh, ben, you seem to notice that he was offside constantly in that first half. Like, what do you do? You think he's just not thinking where he's supposed to be? Because there was one where he was on the offside shoulder of Gonzalez, and he and he actually seemed surprised he was called offside. Well, Maddox's positioning has always been lousy, but he's a second-year player who's hadn't played professionally before he came to the Whitecaps. I'm frustrated when Maddox strays offside. I'm frustrated when, as we saw in the first half, he wasn't getting forward to support Camilo when Camilo had a bit of a difficult header. But that's the learning curve of the player of his experience. That's true. I think that there are definitely lessons to be learned with positioning, and you can see that with a lot of the balls that he got where... He had to he had to move to get the, to the ball, and by the time he got to it, he was almost to the touchline, which didn't put him in a good position to make further moves, and sometimes uh, led to goal kicks as they dribbled up. It worked this time, or he he made it work this time. But the mo- uh, the moment before his goal, when uh, when he had a chance that I think he put right on the the keeper, and then he just fell, he just collapsed for a bit, just sort of. Uh, stood on his knees with his head in his hands and I just thought I thought that might have been the breaking moment where it's like maybe this is not going to work for him confidence wise uh, but he managed to score it after that so good now Michael you, you've been a proponent to start somebody up as target striker now I don't want to guy, the guy scored a goal today that's that's great but we also have to do to, do have to talk about where he what he did for the other you know, ninety minutes is is Maddox the clearly the answer for target striker, or can we find a better position to play with somebody up top so he doesn't have to be that guy up top? Maybe he could run off people or stuff like that. What do you think about that? I think it would be maybe worth trying him, trying him on the right wing, having Heineman in the middle, Pippin crosses in, maybe Camilo, Manny, Pippin on the left, Maddox playing on the right, sending them in from there. I don't think he is cut out to be playing up top, through the middle. He's too one-dimensional. There was a couple of times today where 
he just didn't look up. There was one move where he was going forward, and if he'd looked up, Lee was free on the outside. Now, yeah, Lee would have maybe have played a cross in, and Ben pointed out to me when I, when I made that, that it would just be a, another run-of-the-mill cross, so it maybe wouldn't have done anything, because we're not very good in the air anyway. But he doesn't look up. Then there was that other break where he went forward, and he had three guys round about him. Instead of looking, taking time, waiting for someone to come up, he just fired off a shot, and he just wants to seem to do that too much. Possibly getting the goal is maybe going to change him a bit, calm him down. It's a huge monkey off his back. I, I still don't think it's going to be the breakthrough. I don't think he's going to be banging the goals in. Happy to have egg on my face, but I just don't think... I don't think he's the guy for us to lead the team going forward. Okay, so, okay, let's leave it at that for Maddox. He's going to score the goal. Hopefully he can change it away. Now, let's go back to the, uh, the, the back end, the back line now. Yes, they did. They were did give up a goal. They weren't able to get the clean sheet, but I thought they played much better. They were, mu- you know, more organized and everything. Uh, Leveron seemed to, you know, there were issues with his conditioning apparently from Randy. What Randy says, and we'll get to that in a bit. But um, what do you think about Leveron's play today, playing with O'Brien and everything? I thought he started the game quite well, but then as the game went on, he he seemed to get a little bit weaker and was caught out of position. There's a couple of times that he just he didn't know whether to go after his man, to go after the ball, and he was kind of caught out. The one where, I think it was Gonzalez was slipped through. Um, and O'Brien made the stop. Yeah. yeah. He, he lost his man there because he, he really wasn't sure whether to follow the ball out to, I think it was Villarreal, um, or whether to, to track the ball going through or, or what. And thankfully O'Brien was back. And... That, that was pro- possibly one of the turning moments O'Brien getting his, his foot in there but also, I mean we'll talk about this because it's going way off Leveron but the miss then that Gonzalez had in the second half when the ball just went past the post two minutes before we scored, I think that was a huge turning point as well and I, it was poor defensive there and Leveron O'Brien, they were both kind of possibly at fault to let Gonzalez get such a free header the the do you, does anybody think that the early yellow card maybe played a factor in that maybe he was because at the beginning he like you like Michael said he was uh, attacking the you know defend uh, the attackers of LA do you think he that early yellow card made him a little bit more cautious and maybe not to get caught up and get that second yellow and get sent off that must have had a bearing on it but his problems weren't I say his problems he played decently but. What kept him from playing well, I don't think, was a lack of physicality. I don't think it was that he was standing off too much. I think this is, he was out of position. He wasn't quite poised. You could tell he's not really used to the speed and the aggressiveness of MLS attackers, which is, you know, fair enough. There's nothing like Landon Donovan at the Olympics most years. And you talk about uh, sort of getting back up to fitness uh, when it comes to Leveron. What about just familiarity with the league, especially when you're talking about MLS refs who are known to be a little bit all around the park sometimes with when they make their decisions. You're in your, uh, you're in your, I think first appearance, second, second. appearance, and uh, and maybe you just don't know what may or might not get you that second yellow. Yeah, that's very true, and I I don't think even they know what they're going to do half the time with their decisions. So probably better to err on the side of caution, and I I think he did well, and I'm. I'm happy that he's playing back there. I think he's fitting in really well. Now, should maybe have pointed out at the start, you're probably going to hear a lot of background noise, lots of doors shutting and clanking about. And apologies as well if you can just hear the kind of hissing in the background of the air conditioning, which I think the mic is is picking up. Hopefully it's not spoiling your enjoyment of the podcast too much. 
Now, after the game, there was obviously a lot of happy faces in the Whitecaps dressing room and also in Martin Rennie's post-game press conference. And it was a it was a more upbeat atmosphere down there than, than we've had in some of the more recent games. So let's bring you some of the audio from that. We're going to hear from Martin Rennie. We're going to hear from Nigel Rio Coker. And first of all, we're going to bring you some audio from Bruce Arena. Now, Arena decided he didn't want to, to do the sit-down press conference and decided to do his very brief chat outside the Los Angeles Galaxy dressing room. And he wasn't also open to taking very many questions. So we have some audio from Arena. And again, it's not great quality because he's doing it in the middle of a busy thoroughfare with lots of noise going on. So bear with us and hopefully you can hear it as best as you can. And after you hear this, we'll be back just to wrap up the LA game and take a look forward to the Voyagers Cup game against Montreal on Wednesday. Well, I think they uh, they muscled us uh, on a couple of plays that made a difference in the game time, to their credit, you know. You talked about a lack of aggressiveness. Uh, where does that stem from? Well, defensively in the penalty area, in the attack, same thing. Both both penalty areas, we could have been better. You know, Russell Tibbert seemed to have a very big game. You know, what was the issue there? They give him credit. He had a good goal. So we're certainly disappointed in... Uh, we didn't have good enough reactions from our team. I thought their team reacted better than we did. Yeah, I think uh, it's the first win for the club against the LA Galaxy, so I think that's a, a very significant goal that we talked about with the players even a few weeks ago as, as an opportunity that we would have coming up in, in the weeks to come. Um, and that, that day arrived today, and we, we put together in the second half a, a decent performance. We took our chances when we came when they came along. For the most part, we defended quite well, and um, I thought you know in the end that was a, a fantastic win for us. Well, I think generally we've been we've been playing well at home. I think when we've been on a long run of road games there, we we didn't stand up to that as well as we would have liked. But in five games at home, we've won three and tied two. So at home, we're definitely doing well. I think uh, you know on the road we need to find a way to improve those performances, and I think a win like today gives that you know extra belief and a spring to everybody's step and I do think it was a, a very significant uh, win for us. One, one of the I guess phrases that was used earlier this week was possible turning point for this team with a win. Do you, do you feel that? I know it's you gotta... Yeah I mean I feel I feel like uh, you know we're we're actually going not too bad just now you know for example five of the next seven games that LA play are on the road and they'll find it hard playing on the road so any team playing that many games in a row on the road will, will find it difficult but I think that tonight was a, a significant night for us we have been generally playing quite well our last two away performances weren't as good as we would have liked but at home we've been playing quite well and uh, today I think we got got what we deserved and you know there's been other games this season where we've played better and, and not got got wins but today we, we certainly managed to score at the right times and, and that was very significant and I'm really pleased for, for Russell and for Darren they're both working very hard as are all of our players and you know especially the young players I think we've got so many young talented players there's other young ones coming through that people don't even know about yet and the future of the club is so so bright um, but we, we do have to do well right now so that we can fulfill that future. What do you think this will do for Russell? Obviously, he's, he's played some games, he's had some chances, but to get two, what's it going to do for, for Russell? I think it will boost his confidence. I think uh, you know, adding goals to his performances is something that you know we've talked about and something that we want to see from him. And um, he took his goals very well today, and I was really pleased for him. He's, you know, he's he's worked a very long, hard road from last season to become a first-team player. He's come all the way through our youth system, um, and, and as I say, there's others coming through that we're really excited about as well. So it's fun for us to see that today, and it shows how 
how bright the future is for the club and, and that's really the philosophy we're working on is, is bringing young players through and um, players that the fans can relate to and be excited about and that understand the philosophy of our club and, and know what it means to play for the Whitecaps and, and Russell epitomised that today. Thank you. Yeah, Johnny's come in and done very well again today. I think he's he's a, a very gifted uh, soccer player. I think he uh, needs to keep getting fitter and he needs to learn learn English. But when he does those things, I think he'll be a, a fantastic player. What what about for uh, confidence for Maddox? He's obviously had mm-hmm. struggled finishing this season, and even before that goal, he had he was stopped and had this dramatic reaction to missing but then he came through finally yeah I'm, I'm really pleased for him um, you know he's he's been working very hard on his game um, he's got a lot of work still to do but he closed down well today he put a lot of effort into the game um, and I'm really pleased for him to get that goal and I think you know Darren's a very talented player um, but he, you know he needs to just keep working on his game putting in extra time uh, you know he's been doing a lot more on the training ground and we have to keep building on that keep keep helping him do that um, but that will definitely boost his confidence. Scoring goals is, is certainly confidence boosting for any player, but especially goalkeeper. Uh, sorry, goal scorers. Obviously, the goals have not been coming in the last couple of games, but um, I just stick to the drawing board, keep on working on it. You know? Some of the best strikers in the world go. Uh, we see Van Persie go 13 games, correct me if I'm wrong, in the BPL without scoring a goal. You know? so, and he's a real class player, so anyone can go to George. But I'm not finding excuses, you know? so I just got to keep on working on it. I'm very relieved that the goal has come, but I just got to keep working on it and keep being focused. And just before that goal, you kind of had that big reaction. You, you know, you missed another chance. And did you think it was just not going to come? What um, uh, it was. I, I played for I played for into ninety three minutes. You know, what I mean, um, obviously, I missed the, in the ninety second minute. And you know, I thought like a oh, one one minute left in the game, and probably it's not going to come. But I mean, that's why I was there. So always being optimistic, and because I was optimistic, I got the goal. Nice, uh, nice setup on Russell's first goal. Uh, you're obviously not old enough to be his dad, but you're a bit of a mentor to him. Do you almost feel like a, a proud papa in any regards? <laughs> no, I'm very happy for him. Very happy, very proud of him. You know, I see how hard he works. I've seen how hard he's worked since I've been at this club. You know, and I've seen the potential and what he can do and achieve. And you know, he didn't start today. And this is how football changes. And I've told him about how football changes. Dive goes into the first ten minutes. He's come on. He's done well, and he scored two goals. He deserved it. Uh, no question that uh, the words that you and, and Rennie had last week seemed to have some effect, right? Um, the club played a lot better today than they had the last week. I hope so. You know, and that's, like I said, you know, it wasn't in any kind of negative way. It was being honest. And you have to be honest with yourself. To ever achieve anything in life, you have to look at yourself in the mirror first and say, you know, did I really get everything I could? And last week, I don't feel that we competed well enough to deserve the result. And today, you know, was a reaction game. And I think today was a perfect game for us to play. You know, the league champions, you know, that's probably the world most recognised team in, in MLS. And that's the, where we're trying to get to. You know, we're trying to be on the same level as them. So I felt that everything fell in place today, you know, for the reaction that we needed. Are, are these the type of wins that could turn, turn the season around? I hope so. You know, something like that, I think that the lads have to take a lot of confidence and, and belief from that, you know, to be the league champions at home convincingly as well. Um, you've got to take confidence from that now. And now we have to use that as a momentum to, to be a season changer for us and continue to grow as a team and, you know, try and achieve what we want to achieve this year. So that was real, uh, Nigel Rear Coker with his, uh, as a, you know, kind of being a proud papa for uh, Russell Timer and his comments. Um, now the question I have for everybody is: Can we get Russell uh, Nigel Rear Coker actually spending some more time with all the players? Because he <laughs> seems to have uh, such a uh, effect on Russell Tiber so far. 
Well, so, you, you saw before the game on the sports net, they actually showed him skateboarding with Russell. Everyone needs a everyone needs a longboard. Better than bicycling and flip flops, apparently. <laughs> I think the bigger question to come out of this game, though, is: Can we now go on? We're in such an important stage of the season. Martin Rennie, a couple of weeks ago, said that the next stage of the season was very important because it was full of firsts. It had the chance to be beat LA for the first time. A chance to beat a Cascadian rival for the first time in MLS. And the chance to win the Voyagers Cup for the first time. So we've done the LA thing. We've got Portland now coming up next Saturday in the first Cascadia Cup clash of the season. How do you guys think we're going to do in that? And do you think today is going to be a stepping stone now to move this team forward? Ben? Portland is a really excellent team, but they're not as good as Los Angeles. And so yesterday I would have said, you know, well, Portland, if they get a draw, that's not so bad. Now the Galaxy game kind of got my hopes up. The thing is, though, Portland's kind of waiting for Ryan Johnson to come alive. I know he had a good few weeks in the middle there, but lately he's been kind of snatching at his chances. And they've got a lot of skill and a lot of firepower. And I don't think the Whitecaps, hard though it is for me to say, can count on two great goals from Russell Tybert every weekend. The thing as well with Portland is they're the only team in MLS this season that has taken at least a point from every single road game. And that's not what you want coming to BC Place. I, th- I think this win... I think it's vital that we got this win today because if we'd lost today, going into next week's game, I think the heads would have been down. But now, I think they're going to have a bit of a spring in their step. Depending what on think? what happens on Wednesday, though. True. Which we'll, we'll come to Wednesday in the same So what, what do you think about... It's it's really important just to get, uh, to get three points whenever you can do it. Because you definitely saw it uh, in 2011 with the strong start that then was like, oh, it's a couple of losses, oh, it's a couple more... Bad result, that sort of thing. Uh, dropping down to the Western Conference basement would have been bad, morale-wise. Would not have been gone really well. I think it's really important for the Portland game that you find someone else to start in center instead of O'Brien. O'Brien needs a rest. <laughs> he, he when he took that knock in the first half today, I was kind of worried because he was holding his calf. I think it was right away, and he's played so much that if he goes out. The thought of having Leveron and Rusin as, as the back pair, and that just terrifies me, Steve. I don't, know, I don't know what you think. I think with the inexperience of Rusin still and the um, the fitness level of Leveron, I think that would be definitely a terrifying you know, thought. But I think Andy Ryan seems to be a guy who can you know get through these injuries, get through these minor knocks, so hopefully he can do that for the next couple of weeks. And how do you see next Saturday going against Portland? Are you hopeful to get anything after what you saw today? I am hopeful, but I'm always concerned because I've seen too many games so far in MLS against Portland where nothing seems to happen. But we, I was feeling the same way against the Galaxy, and look how, look how that turned out. So maybe they can turn it around. I, I've kind of come full circle. It's just been a day for this. Waking up this morning, East Fife winning... Their promotion relegation playoff for in sure. 119. Of course, we're going to post Whitecaps post match, and we're going to talk about these fights. Oh, I have to have to get that in a, every single show. But that put a spring in my step. The win added to that, and I think we'll get a draw next Saturday. I'm looking at one-one, and still not a win, but at least we're not going to get off to losing. Stuff. I think that would be a positive because, especially with the playing Montreal in the midweek, and we should obviously start talking about the Voyagers Cup because that is the next game that they're going to play. Where do you think they're going to, like, who, well, first of all, how do you think they'll do? Who do you think they're going to take on the trip? Because is, is, 
is he going to make some changes in the lineup? Is he going to take different fullbacks, like especially after his comment during Whitecaps Daily this last week? Is that going to be a big issue for him? I don't think Lee or Rashad will play. I, I, I think definitely Harvey will play. Um, I guarantee that. <laughs> um, and I think Clazura will get the nod. And I think he deserves it. I think he's played well. And Lee, when he signed his new contract, everyone was told he's not going to play games in the East. Now, this is a cup final, so it might be different. He, I just don't think they'll play. I mean, what do you think? I agree with you. Uh, just on the grounds that you said that he's not likely to travel out East, even for a cup final, for a midweek game when he's going to be needed on Saturday as well. Because, as you also said, Plazura's earned a chance to play some really meaningful minutes against high-caliber opposition. And because I think Montreal's likely to switch it up, too. They played a, their strongest lineup against Salt Lake. And while, obviously, it's different playing at home versus having to play on the road like the Whitecaps do, I'm sure that, you know, is going to need a little bit of rest. He might only come on as a sub. Felipe, I think, played 70 minutes, and he's never that fit. So it's a good opportunity for Clazura to really show what he can do. And Andrew, the the result today is possibly going to surprise Montreal. We were maybe looking like some pushovers and they maybe thought it was going to be an easy game. But now that we've beat LA, do you think they'll think again and play a really strong team on Wednesday? Or do you expect to see some second stringers out from both sides? I think just with the... Especially because the, uh, the Montreal game was an away game, um, you might see... I think a little bit of uh, a little bit of rotation in the Montreal lineup. Uh, the key thing for the Whitecaps, I think, to keep in mind, um, is these late eighty-minute, ninety-minute goals that Montreal has been scoring. Because you say you saw that uh, uh, today when they were two, when the Whitecaps were two 0 up, just that little problem that allowed well, that goal to sneak in. The the discipline has to be there, regardless of who starts in the back for the Whitecaps. Discipline has to be there all the way to the end, especially because it's um, a two-legger, so it doesn't really matter. The result doesn't matter just as much as getting goals in. Now, obviously the Whitecaps are putting a lot of importance into this into this match, especially, you know, hearing Randy call it a Voyager's Cup instead of calling it a Canadian Cup or the yeah, I noticed he's, he's kind of changed and come Well, he called it the Voyager's Cup when you called it the Voyager's Cup first, Mike. No, but he's no, mentioned it he, uh, uh, the during street. the season oh, two. Yeah, yeah, he started to, like on Whitecaps Daily on Monday, he referred to it as the Voyager's Cup as well, oh, and I, training on Tuesday. I always, I always like Martin Rainey. Now I like him a little more. Well, we mentioned the question I asked him there. Let's hear some more audio. This is Martin Rennie talking about the importance of the Voyager's Cup to the club. And we'll also hear from Russell Tybert, one of the Canadians in the squad who has a long history with the club, which means he's got a long history against Montreal and all the crap that goes with that. Here's what they had to say. Voyager's Cup final on Wednesday. What level of importance does that play for the season for the club? Is it playoffs more important than the, the Cup or both equally as important? So, well, right now the main focus is going to be Wednesday and the Voyagers Cup because that's the, the moment that we find ourselves in. That'll be over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, that's that's the one piece of silverware that we can win. We know how much it means to, to the fans. We know it means a lot to the players and to the coaches. So it, it's a very, very significant um, tournament for us. And, and, you know, next Saturday will be a home game against Portland against the Cascadia Cup rivalry. So, uh, rival. so that will that will take care of itself as well. So we're fighting on all fronts right now and uh, we're very pleased that today we've started off our week well. You've been with the club for years. You've had all the heartbreak against Montreal in the past. How special would it be to, to beat them in this final for you personally? 
Yeah, I don't think uh, it mattered which team we play in the final. I think just winning the Canadian Championship is, is going to be huge for this club. I think everybody on this team, um, I think they want to dedicate that to the club and to our fans because they, we do owe it to them. So, you know, I think everybody's going to be pumped up and ready to play in Montreal. So those were the thoughts of the players and the coach on the Voyagers Cup. How about predictions now? What do you guys think? How, what's the what's the best result you can hope for? What's the ideal result? Obviously, the ideal result is a win. But what do you think is the best hope for to, to avoid any goals against to get that away goal? What do you guys think, Andrew? Away goal is really important. I think. I don't know if it'll be possible to pull out. Like a draw would be not, like obviously the win is the best result. You'd hope for that at least a draw could, be, it could happen. But I feel like we've got to, got to focus on the away goal because I don't know if there's... I see it maybe being 2-1 for Montreal in the first... I'm hoping for like a 3-4 goalie for Vancouver. That would be the ideal one. <laughs> what do you think, Ben? What do, what do you think? How do you think they're going to come out? Well, my great hope is that Montreal is not an exceptional defensive team. And with Troy Perkins in goal, he's one of those guys who can make a mistake at any time. So... My optimistic prediction is, like, the Whitecaps snatch a couple fluky ones and they wind up with a 2-2 draw and get the two away goals and are very happy heading back to BC Place. More likely, I think Andrew's right, it'll be something in that 2-1 range, but even that wouldn't be so bad, really. Michael? I'm a bit more pessimistic, which probably won't surprise you. I think the best we can hope for... Well, you got the scoreline right today, right? I did, yeah, I went for (laughs) 3-1. That's all that you'll say about that, is it? (laughs) I think the best we can hope for is a draw. If we can get a goal, I would love that. I, I think that I would take, as long as we don't lose by more than two goals, a 3-1 defeat I think would be good. 2-0, not as good. 3-1 would be really good. My ideal thing to come out of the game would be a broken leg for Marco Devile. That would be a positive for the Whitecaps, definitely. Okay, so other than the Galaxy game, we've discussed that. Now let's talk a little bit about something we all went to go watch yesterday and it was an exciting second half definitely uh, the Whitecaps under 23 in the PDL opener against Kitsap they won 2-1 with goals from Spencer Dubois and Cam Hundle one of my guys and one of Ben guys uh, so what do you guys think of the game uh, how, like what, did, what stood out to you any players stand out obviously it was the return of Derek Bassey as well uh, ironically a few days after Omar Salgado gets his third foot surgery which we'll discuss later, I guess, on another podcast. But uh, what do you guys think of the match yesterday? It was a good start to the season, uh, especially because of how frustrating the first half was with uh, a bunch of chances, especially uh, the Harry Lockin free kick. Uh, Could have been a goal. Uh, there were a couple things that went in. Just basically the advantage that they had in the first half and then the fact they went into halftime down 1-0. It could have been... A really rotten way to start to to kick off the campaign, but two goals in the second half in three minutes really helped. Too bad. Given that Kitsap seems likely to be one of the weaker teams in the Northwest Division this year, I was a little concerned that the Whitecaps had as much trouble as they did. But on the other hand, given how much you know more time the Kitsap players had to gel, they've already they'd already played a game before, for example. Maybe that's not such a bad sign. I thought Neil Cousins out of UBC did very well. Uh, he didn't play the full game, but he's big forward, held the ball very well, showed some very interesting touches. He's a European experience. That's right. He played in the Czech Republic. So he's one of those guys who I'll be looking. He's probably the one guy out of the new crop that I'll be most interested in going forward. Michael? I, I took a lot of positives out of it. I think it was good that they came back and won, showed a fight in spirit. It's going to give them a boost. First game of the season. 
I think they, the goal has to be that they're going to get to the playoffs this year. And I think they have a squad together that, that can do that. There's a lot of capable players there. In the first half, I, I thought Bobby Duty had a fantastic game. Of course you did. Yeah, you would say that. <laughs> I, I, I did. He, he missed that bad goal, but I... I don't know if it was a case that he missed it or the fact that keeper's gravitational pull kind of pulled the ball into his gut. <laughs> but it was a bad miss. But he, he had a free kick that was good. I thought he was very active in the first half. Um, he impressed me. Uh, obviously, I was pleased to see Gagan out there. Uh, he's, he's injured his calf and his foot. It's a recurrence of an old injury that he's had before. And they don't know yet how serious it's going to be, but... That's worrying. Yeah. yeah. The big worry for me as well is maybe not as much now because we didn't rely a lot on the residency guys last night, but we are going to miss those guys when the playoffs are on because the 18s are going to be away. Yeah, that might be a concern. But I think they got a quite a bit of depth this year, way more than last year because obviously uh, they don't need to deal with Michael Moruszek, which made Ben happy. Uh, he's not going to be with the team. What do you think about Sasha? He, he came in for a bit at the second half. He's a old Highlander. Old Highlander, old... Abbotsford Mariner as they were at the time yeah he's I, he's one of those players who I've always rated as just being a high level PDL guy who in a fair world would have gotten a chance to play a pro by now and he didn't get many minutes but the minutes he had he had a good look at goal he certainly gave the tired kids at defender something to think about between him and Cousins I think that the Whitecaps are well up for big men this year on the PDL team in a way they weren't last season which is Michael Marusek shambling around like a demented Frankenstein's monster now, we're talking about big men. One concern I did have, and I want to get your thoughts on it, was a guy who's not getting very many minutes in reserve action or obviously MLS action is Caleb Clark. Um, I thought for sure he would be at least like starting for the PDL team to get minutes and get his... For some reason, he's not. I don't know if it's an injury or the Martin Rennie and the staff are trying to break him down like they broke down Tybert. So what do you guys think about Caleb Clark not even being on the bench or even anywhere near the, you know, the team yesterday? The problem with Caleb is that the PDL team can only dress three players with MLS contracts. And one of them is just about always going to be Simon, unless one of the goalkeepers gets hurt. And the other two spots are going to kind of rotate. Yesterday it was Adam Clement and Aminu Abdallah. So Abdul- no, Abdullah never was. He wasn't... He was, he was, he was, he was, he, he didn't play, he was but he was roster. in the 18. Yeah. Okay. He was on the roster. Yeah, he was on the bench, but he didn't get in. And I was about to mention, that's the part that concerns me. You expect the three MLS guys to pretty much go 90 minutes. So the fact that they decided Caleb wasn't worth putting in the 18 in favor of Abdallah, who they didn't use, is the part that really worried me. I, I just don't know what's happening with Caleb just now. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk that there was loan deals that fell through, which we won't go into in too much depth just now but I don't know whether it's a case that the club aren't happy that he hasn't gone on loan or they're trying to work out something private with him or the case that maybe he's got an injury that we don't know about and, and he's not he's not playing but he he has seemed to be training and he came on on Tuesday against the, for the reserves and that's another thing he came on for six minutes Yasin Essa got more game time on Tuesday that, than Caleb and I, I do see, see it's a concern to me, he's gone backwards, and we've we've not seen his development the way we should. It's the same with Bryce Alderson. Yeah. Bryce has obviously now gone to Charleston. Well, Bry- Bryce was injured, and Bryce, I should say, I think had some very good games when he did play last year. I don't know. I've, I've never been a big fan of Bryce. I I don't think we should have really given him the contract when we did. 
he's he has achieved everywhere he's gone. He achieved at the U18s. He played very, very well in the PDL. By all accounts, his Charleston debut was quite promising. He's, I know he doesn't play a glamour position. And I know he's not going to be a highlight reel guy like we hope Caleb's going to be or like Russell already is. But he's such a promising talent that you've got to give him that contract if that's the way to keep him. I think that uh, it really shows kind of an issue in the way the development ladder works right now. Um, the PDL and the reserves teams don't offer enough games. And one of the one of the ways the MLS is looking to kind of deal with that is USL Pro. And there are two extra games on the roster. I don't or on the schedule for the reserves. So that might help. But you see, Clark. A lot of these players do get caught in a space where the club wants to do something with them, but they don't want to put them in the first team, and they don't have enough games at the reserve level to help them develop and move forward. So I don't know exactly uh, what we could do for players that are like that, you, other than send them on loan. Because there's kind of no, there's no designed place right now for what happens when a player gets to that age and has nowhere to go. Yeah, I, I my, like, well... W- about Alders, I want to go back a little bit on Clark too, because uh, the thing is, the most concerning thing is the, what happened with Clark. Ben brought it up yesterday, the fact how well he played at the U twenty tournament. He played well there, and then all of a sudden came back from that, and that's where it, it, it kind of went down. Alderson obviously never had a chance to go there because he was injured. Hopefully, he can pick it up. And then we also have Ben Fisk too. You, uh, one last question: Do you think the club regrets signing Clark over Fisk at all? I considering, considering how well Fisk is doing right now in Charleston, uh, barring the injury, obviously. This is one of those areas where it's an unknown unknown because everyone knows the club has wanted to sign Ben Fisk, but would he take that $42,000 contract or would he require a homegrown generation Adidas contract? And everyone seems to think that Fisk is holding out for homegrown generation Adidas, which Clark hasn't got. So they may not, it, it may not have been a choice between Clark and Fisk. It may have been, well, we want both, but right now we can only sign Caleb until one of Alderson or Tybert comes off homegrown generation Adidas. Do you think then, uh, obviously Tybert is coming good now, the idea of having these young Canadians on MLS deals without ever really intending to play them, or at least with them rarely rarely getting minutes, is that hurting development to a certain degree, or...? Well, it comes back to what you said. The team is just trying to wedge them in somewhere, and so Alderson gets the MLS contract. Presumably, they only gave him that because they thought he might play MLS minutes, or because, I suppose, they thought he might bolt to Europe. But... Yeah, they, it's, it's like you said, Andrew. They just need some place to stow those U23s that's a more professional level than PDL. Well, that's where hopefully they do come with a USL team, hopefully down the road, where oh. they can put more players on their, of their own and, and control their development. Something. Something that's just not a four-month college summer league. Yeah. So what happens if in Charleston, Fisk outperforms Alderson? They play a different positions. How do you rate that? Just if, if they play... Fisk's getting goals and he's getting the bigger plaudits and he's getting the more minutes and people are thinking just in general they feel he's developed more. There's two things there. One, bear in mind Fisk is a year older than Alderson. Second, Tybert's coming to the end at the end of this season. He'll be at the end of year three of his homegrown generation oh, Adidas contract. Yes. So pretty soon he'll be signing real senior team terms and he won't be homegrown generation Adidas. That spot will free up. And then everyone knows Fisk is the guy they're going to go after. Unless or, something amazing or, happens. Or Nigel off touted him to Europe. Sam, 
Oh, Sam, Sam too. Yeah, do you think Sam is homegrown generation Adidas, or do you think he's just? I know they like him. Oh, everyone to, likes him. Yeah, they started him in the in the reserve game. Everyone likes Sam, but if yeah. you, if you're signing one homegrown generation Adidas guy, are you I, signing the forward who's no, not taking s- the forty three grand and is a ninety three, or are you signing the fullback who's still got a couple years left? I would take yeah. Fisk. Yeah. I'd take Fisk. Yeah, I'm just saying what they like and what they yeah. what yeah, they. Everyone likes for. Sam. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Final thing I just want to say about the PDL game last night. Actually, two final things. One, very disappointing crowd. Only 77 people out there. And you guys listen to this. You need to get out, support the future, support local talent, support local soccer. It's also good football. Beautiful weather. Get out up to UBC. I know it's not an easy place to get to for some people. But if you get there, it's worth it. Free entry, free parking. What more could you want? And the other thing I wanted to say is amongst those 77... There was a good turnout last night from first-team players. It was good to see Andy O'Brien there, Tommy Heineman, Corey Herzog, Kutamani. And I think it's great that they were out there supporting the, the under-23s. And I think it just shows the good spirit that's with the club just now. And I just thought that was really pleasing to see. No, oh, I thought it was excellent. I, I wasn't expecting that at all. Usually they do show up to reserve games, but under-23, I wasn't expecting that. But I guess that's the whole thing about having everything at UBC now. Where you know they train there, you know they might maybe they trained earlier and so they decide to just pop over. I think it's fantastic that they they get that going. It makes sense as well because the whole point of having these deep youth programs is that they feel like they're a part of the club. That people like Andy O'Brien care about whether or not your U18s or U16s or U23s win games. And the other good thing as well is if you go up to UBC at this time of year in the nice weather, some really hot girls around. I definitely. We know that all from the SFU days from last year. Yeah, I've, I've been loving training. Hot girls jogging. Yes, and cycling. And flip-flops. Yeah. Not cycling flip-flops. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's outlaw that for everybody. Now, also, uh, one last thought, PDL. I want to mention next week they do have a game. Yes. Huge game, Wanda Fuca played. Yeah. And against the uh, Victoria Highlander, so that's the next one we want to see more than you know seventy-seven people show up for. Yeah. Seven o'clock kickoff, and there'll be a good Victoria traveling support there too. So if they yeah. outnumber the Whitecaps fans, it'll be pretty upsetting. And there will be bagpipes. Oh yes. Speaking of traveling support, also uh, is the the Portland Reserves game at Thunderbird on Sunday as well? Yes, it is. It's an eleven o'clock kickoff, and if you get up for that, you can also see the under eighteens at twelve, and you can see the under sixteens at two thirty. I think it is. Yeah, that's right. And they're playing on Saturday as well. So thanks for listening, everyone. Um, that's the end of our latest post-game pod. So just to go around and let everyone know where you can find our stuff, Steve, if you want to, to start off, where can uh, we find you online? Steve Pander, uh, Prost America, Canadian Soccer News, and at WhitecapsBeat for Twitter. And Andrew? Uh, little Rubber Pellets, which is www.team-baits.com slash Little Rubber Pellets. And uh, I tweet it at Team Bates on Twitter. Ben? I'm at Maple Leaf Forever. That's www.maple-leaf-forever.com. Also, keep an eye out there for my podcast, Two Fat Bastards. Shush, 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 shush. Not quite as good as this one, <laughs> but worth listening to if you've already listened to all of these excellent AFDN podcasts. And it is an excellent podcast. This is just a big love fest. <laughs> and I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. You can read our stuff on Canadian Soccer News by going to AFTN.ca. And if you want to drop us a line about the show or anything else, send us an email at aftncanada at hotmail.com.
So thanks for listening. Have a nice Mother's Day if you're listening to that before that. And it was nice to see Russell dedicating the win to his mum today. Everyone should. Everyone really should celebrate their mother. Good night, everyone. <laughs>